صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 اي ام اند باليستاين ريمبرد وذ روبرت مارتن ناصر مشني اند يوسف احمد الريماوي Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. This week, a special episode encapsulating last week's Nakba protest. First up, Zena Faris is going to share her family story. Hi, everyone. Again, I would like to acknowledge that we are meeting here on unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people and pay my respects to their leaders, past, present, emerging. The Palestinian fight for justice is one for Indigenous people everywhere but especially those whose lands we live on. Today marks 74 years since the initial Nakba of 1948. In 74 years, the keys to my family home have rusted in a bottom drawer, even as that home still stands. When I finally returned to Palestine, my great-grandmother's prized garden, the backdrop to my mother's stories, lay in disrepair. The ramifications of this catastrophe are seen in oppression and violence, but also in silence. It is the erasure of our existence and my great-grandmother's dying fig trees. My story is one among many others that sound eerily similar. It is not particularly unique or special, but it is necessary to tell because our stories come together to form a movement, this movement. Today, there is no proof of the power of storytelling more significant than the reprehensible murder of Shireen Abu Akhtar. Her storytelling focused on giving voices to the humans in the struggle, that we are daughters and sons and we are fathers and mothers, and despite our distance, our hearts and minds are connected through her. Here today, it is clear that through our voices, she is immortalized in a way no violence can touch. I invite you to approach this Nakba our catastrophe, not as something just to commemorate. This is not some long past historical event to remember quietly on May 15th every year. The catastrophe persists. The illegal evictions in occupied territories like Sheikh Shadrach, they still occur. The blockade wall around Gaza remains upright. Ethnic cleansing still occurs. It is, an, it is more obvious more than ever that the freedom and protection of the press remains under attack. The Nakba is ongoing and so too is our role in it. Today, let yourself mourn what has been lost and those who have been taken. Find time to, re to reflect on what once was. Take a moment to feel helpless and angry and desperate, but only take a moment. Because as long as this Nakba persists, so will we. There is change happening here and now, and it has started with voices like Shireen's, and it continues with yours and mine. Palestine can be found in the land, but her murder makes it starkly apparent that Palestine exists beyond borders. 
It is also its people. It is this movement. It is the food, it is the poetry, it is this rally today. But most of all, Palestine is alive and found in our voices and our stories as we shout that we are here and we exist unapologetically. Tonight, we put aside our mourning. And tomorrow, and every day following that, we fight for what is yet to be gained, for what will be returned. Because the rust, it can be removed from the keys and we can return to our homes and we can sow new seeds in our grandmother's gardens. And tomorrow, Palestine will be free. Thank you. That was the amazing Zaina Faris. Next, Mu'ayyad Ali, sharing his own personal experiences. Good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Wurundjeri people of Kulin Nation, whose land I live and walk upon. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Palestinians often call it Al-Jurh al-Nazif, the bleeding wound, Al-Nakba, the Palestinian catastrophe, the ethnic cleansing of Palestinian people, where more than 900,000 people ethnically cleansed from their homeland and hundred others were killed, tortured, or detained at the hand of terrorist Zionists. It has been 70 years, 74 years since our life as Palestinians changed. It has been 74 years of pain, 70 year, 74 years of fighting the darkness of Zionism. The ethnic cleansing and the massacres conducted in 500 Palestinian villages will remain a shameful spot in the human history and the history of the occupation. According to the, static, to the statistics of ANIRWA, in 2021, there are 5.7 million Palestinian refugees registered with ANIRWA, and other millions are not registered in diaspora. All of them deprived by the occupation from the return, to, to, from the right of return to their homeland, Palestine. While any Jew have no connection whatsoever with Palestine, can become a first-class citizen immediately in apartheid Israel. The resolution 194 by the General Assembly 1948 clearly gives the right to the Palestinian people to return to their homes. But as we all know, Israel is above the law and that supported by democracy like Australia. My friends, I come from one of those 500 villages that 
the Zionist massacre in Haifa Coastal in 1948. At Tantora, the most beautiful beach in Palestine, is my village. On May 23rd, 1948, six weeks after the infamous massacre of Deir Yassin, and one week after the shameful declaration of the Zionist entity, Alexandroni Brigade, Alexandroni the terrorist brigade, attacked my village from sea and land. The Zionist terrorists started killing any man walking in the village before they went house to house, killing, torturing, torturing, detaining all men over 70 years old, either killed or detained. They gathered all the men on the beach and asked them to dig graves of their own. After they finish digging, the Zionists shot them dead. Also, any women showed any form of resistance was killed. The night was a turning moment in the history of our peaceful village forever. More than 250 were killed and a hundred others detained. Because of my grandfather was killed one year before the massacre at the hands of the British soldier, my grandmother didn't know where to go after the, the massacre, especially after the Zionists detained her older son. She walked on foot with her six kids including my father, who was 13 years old, along with her sister with her seven kids to the nearest village, Al-Fradis, where they were expelled again by the Zionists to the West Bank. In the West Bank, the family journey of refugees started and not ended until this moment. The West Bank, in the West Bank, there was no UNHCR, no UNRWA, or any kind of humanitarian organization to look after refugees. So my grandmother ended up in a truck going to Iraq, while her sister ended up in a truck going to Syria. The family separated in two different countries. During the agony, she lost her eight years old daughter and never seen her since. The heroic stories of the Palestinian woman during and after Nakba is often underrepresented and sometimes ignored. My grandmother, Nijme, which is Arabic word for a star, was not broken. By the theft of her home and the killing of her family members, 
and the detention of her son, the loss of her daughter, and the separation from her only sister. She embarked an extraordinary journey to Iraq, a country she had known no one in. This widow learned to become a midwife, to, in, to be independent and to support her kids. Not only she did raise her six kids, but also 20 orphans from her the extended family. Most Iraqis local know her and call her Jeddah, the Iraqi word for grandmother. She was able to work until she reached 80 years old. And the only hope for her was to return and swim in Tantura Beach. Her name was a star. And indeed, she was a star. And forever, her story will remain in our hearts. In 2019, I was able to return to my village after 70 years of the massacre and participated in the March of Return to Tantura, which organized by Palestinian Association in 48. When I reached the village and my friend parked her car, she told me, now we are standing on what used to be the cemetery of Tantura and your grandfather might be buried here. The village was demolished after the massacre to erase the crimes from the history of the, of the Zionism and has been replaced by two Israeli resorts, Dur and Nahshalim. In 2000, Teddy Katz, a student in the University of Haifa, interviewed ex-Israeli soldiers who participated in the massacre, and he was able to record their shocking claims, which exposed the killing of innocent people of Tantura. But he was taken to the Israeli court and forced to withdraw his thesis. This year, the filmmaker Alan Shores produced a documentary called Tantura. The film documented the massacre according to the Zionist witnesses, which also match the Palestinian narrative. Free Palestine Melbourne working hard to make this film available in Australia very soon. All this, all this, will bring us to the current crime of the assassination of the exceptional woman, Shireen Abu Akli. An exceptional woman who dedicated her life to tell the truth about the reality of life under the occupation.
family member who was always uh, under the occupation. She was considered by most Palestinians and Arabs around the world as a family member who was always present in the middle of the hot events to show the ugly and real face of the brutal occupation. Shireen was a, fam a family member, lived with us in our family rooms for 25 years. For example, the world learned the second intifada from Shireen. They learned the Gaza wars from Shireen. They, they learned Sheikh Jarrah and Al-Aqsa from Shireen Abu Aqli. I'm ending my words with a hope that when we all walk out from this gathering today, we will, we will keep in our minds and hearts the victims of Nakba and the survivors who vanished in exile and never stopped dreaming of Auda. We shall return. Free, free Palestine! A very powerful and moving piece by Mu'ayyad. Sit back and enjoy the next couple of minutes as a seal tire sings Mawtini. Mawtini, Mawtini, Al Jalalu, Al Jamalu, Al Sanao, Al Bahao, Firubak, Firubak, Wal Hayatu, Wal Najatu, Wal Hanao, Wal Rajao, Firubak. هل أرى هل أرى سالما منعما وغانما مكرما سالما هل أرى في علاك تبلغ السماك تبلغ السماك موطني موطني الشباب لن يكل همه أن يستقل أو يا أو يبيد نستقي من الردى ولن نكون للعداء كالعبيد لا نريد أعلى لا نريد دلنا وعيشنا المنكدة دلنا المؤبدة وعيشنا المنكدة لا نريد بل نعيد مجدنا التليد مجدنا التليد موطني 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 الحسام واليرع للكلام والنزاع رمزنا رمزنا مجدنا وعهدنا وواجب من الوفاء يهزنا يهزنا عزنا عزنا غاية تشرف وراية ترفرف غاية تشرف وراية ترفرف يا هناك في عناك 
قاهراً عيدك قاهراً عيدك موطني 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 That was a seal tire. Never fails to bring a tear to my eye. Hasib Ali is going to share their story on their first trip to Palestine. The first and only time I went to Palestine was in 2017. I was only visiting. I didn't go as a Palestinian. I saw my homeland as an Australian tourist. Legally, that's all I can go as. Colonies recognize other colonies. It's why I could enter Israel's colonial project with my Australian passport, but not as Palestinian. Fake countries create fake borders and police who gets to cross them and on what terms. I am a settler on Wurundjeri country in the Eastern Kulin Nation. I was born stateless in 1996. I inherited refugee status from my father who was born stateless himself also inheriting refugee status. My grandparents fled Palestine in 1948 as the Zionists began genociding their hometowns. My grandfather is from Hattin. My grandmother is from Tereshiha. It took six hours at the border for Israeli officials to finally let us into occupied Palestine, but not before thorough and invasive investigation. We tried to see as much of Palestine as possible in the short 10 days that we were there, crossing checkpoints and driving roundabout routes to get from A to B. We couldn't enter mosques or landmarks without Israeli militia questioning us first. We went back to my grandfather's Hattin, which had been demolished and paved over, barricaded by guards and boom gates. We went back to my grandmother's Tershiha, expecting only to walk through, sit with the land, take photos to send to her. We stopped at a kiosk for water and coffee and chatted to the shop owner. He asked us what we were doing here and we told him, and then he asked for my grandmother's name. And then we were waiting for two men to meet us at the shop, and then we were following their car up the hill and then we were sitting in their living room, eating fruit and drinking tea. My grandmother was six years old when she fled Tershiha with her family in 1948. Years later, her cousin returned to the occupied town and they have been there since. Visiting, visiting Palestine in 2017, we met family we didn't even know we had, connections lost and histories unwritten. We went to Tershiha thinking there would be no one there for us and that we would have to connect back to the land from scratch. In the end, this wasn't true. We were really lucky, but the majority of Palestinians across the diaspora aren't. It doesn't matter. We are all connected to Palestine. We always will be, whether or not we still have family there. My grandmother died last July. This is my first Nakba day without any direct ancestors who remember a free Palestine. Zionists mistakenly believe that the old will die and the young will forget. But Palestine is in my spirit. It is in my body. It is in my father's body and it was in my grandparents' bodies. It will be in our children's bodies too. 
we will return to Palestinian soil as Palestinians, and we will know with every inch of our being that this land, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, is ours. Thank you. The wonderful Hasib Ali. Next up, Meher Maghribi is going to share his thoughts on Shireen Awakla. Good afternoon. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to say to all the indigenous people in this country, to the Wurundjeri people above all of the Kulin Nation, that I look forward to the day when we meet you at the rendezvous of freedom. Freedom for the Palestinians and for all indigenous peoples. But I've come here to ask something very specific of you and of Australia. In April 2008, my colleague, the reporter Edo Lohlin, was driving along a road in Gaza when he suddenly came upon a burning jeep. That jeep had the letters TV written on it in huge red lettering. The man who had stepped out of that jeep to film and who was lying in the road dying was a 23-year-old cameraman for Reuters whose name was Fadla Shana'a. Fadla Shana'a was wearing a blue padded vest with the words press clearly written on it. The same vest that Al Jazeera's reporter Shirin Abu Akleh was wearing this week when she was shot in the head with a single bullet. Fadl al-Shana actually filmed the shell that killed him. But it didn't matter. That shell came from an Israeli tank, but it didn't matter. The Israelis investigated themselves. The occupier investigated itself and found everything was in order. Not not one single Israeli soldier was disciplined over the death of Fadl al-Shana. I didn't know Shirin Abu Aqli, Allah yirhamha. Though in the last few days, I have spoken to those who did. But I know enough about Shirin Abu Aqli's work to know two things about her. The first thing I know is that she would have rejected the idea of her own death as something that should be commemorated or acted on specially over and above the deaths and the injuries of the countless Palestinians who experienced the violence of Israel's occupation and Israel's rule every single day. She devoted her life to ensuring that those people's stories were told and that they were in the foreground, not hers. But the second thing that I know is that as a journalist dedicated to uncovering the truth, Shireen would have regarded the idea that the Israeli military could investigate its own actions or that the Palestinian Authority 
could help it reveal the truth as a sick joke, an absurd, preposterous idea. Which is why I say to all of you gathered here today, you must insist upon an independent investigation of this crime. And you must urge your leaders to back such an independent investigation. And you should urge your leaders to back the International Criminal Court in its efforts to hold the Zionists accountable. Not to block the International Court's work as this government has so shamefully done. When you do this, you are doing it not just for Shirin Abu Akhli's sake. You are doing it not just for Fadl al-Shana'a's sake. You are doing it for the sake of every Palestinian trying to live their lives free of the lies and the chains and the brutality of a state that has dispossessed them and tortured them for decades. It is time to stand up for justice. It is time to stand up for transparency. It is time to stand up for freedom. It is time, past time, to stand up for Palestinians. Thank you very much. Fantastic, Mehan Maghribi. I'm sure you'll agree, a fantastic lineup of speeches. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Be sure to share the podcast. And remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.